Good day to you. Welcome to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope you are doing well. It is 2020, and man, I just am, I'm curious what this year holds for me and for my household. Um, this morning, uh, man, I was driving, as I'm still doing. I just got back in the truck. And the area I was in, I realized I was going to be going past um, the area where Kristen and I, my wife, where we were immersed, baptized, um, back in the end of September. It's three months ago now. Oh my gosh, so much has happened, so much has changed. When, when I realized when that was, I couldn't believe it, that it's only been three months. But I just wanted to share some things that the Lord was speaking to me very clearly as I stood and sat beside this beautiful mountain stream in the quiet. And I, and I just talked to my creator, my, re, my rescuer, my God, my father. And as I just sat and listened... And I was just so stirred at the incredible work. We, the Bible says we are His workmanship. Now that is a whole lot more than just the Adam reality, the man reality, that, that we are in fact His workmanship from the very inception of mankind, yes. God formed us out of the dust and the dirt, And he literally breathed his breath of life into our lungs that he created from nothing, virtually, from earth. We are his workmanship like that, yes. And we are the clay and he is the potter. He forms us, he fashions us. I said years ago when the Lord really convicted me that my prayer for so many years Years ago was, oh Lord, make me a vessel, make me something useful, make me something beautiful. But you know what? I don't know. Eight, nine years ago, I just got to a place in my life. I'm like, you know what, Lord? I'm not going to tell you what to make me. Make me whatever you desire. Make me whatever you will. For whatever purposes you desire. Not what I see, not this beautiful ornate pottery collectible that sits on a shelf, but Lord, make me whatever you want me to be. Excuse me. Just make me something that demonstrates and contains the glory of your awesome hands. A vessel of honor. We are His workmanship now. The ongoing reality of the work of His hands, ongoing, changing. In what? In sanctification. Becoming more and more like the image of the invisible, the Son, the Messiah, the slain Lamb, mediator, great sympathetic high priest. Oh man, what a journey, friends. Are you on that journey? Are you being changed Every day, are you going to bed more and more like 
the firstborn of many brethren. Like identifiably different, changed, holy, set apart, consecrated unto the works of God. It's got to be our trajectory. We've got to be sober. We've got to be deliberate. It will not happen by accident. I know I'm always saying that. But listen, as I, as I walked out, there was nobody out there in this, this large area, just for your imagination's sake to understand what, what I'm even experiencing today. You park out in a parking lot and you, you walk out this, this gravel trail, and it's not long. The trail itself is, but where we went in specifically into the water is not very long. If you listen to the account of our immersion our baptism testimonies, and you've already heard, but like, it's significant because you go through this trail, you go down this trail, and you go through a tunnel, a, 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 an old tunnel um, built in 1922, if I recall. And it's long enough that in the middle it gets pretty dark. And you, of course, emerge out the other side into the light. It's got a lot of spiritual significance. And then you cross a bridge, a very high bridge, <laughs> I would add, that's over this mountain stream that leads to one of the little pools where my wife and I experienced the supernatural work of baptism, mikvah, immersion, born of the water. And again, if you've not heard anything I've said along those lines, it was not mere metaphor. It was not to show the church of our commitment. Oh gosh, no. That is, that is just, that's kindergarten. We didn't join in any people. We didn't align ourselves with a movement or a fellowship of believers. We declared to all things seen and unseen that we were joining into the, into the death of the Messiah. And I just want to remind you of that scripture. A lot of people that I have talked to personally don't really know about this. But in Romans 6, um, Paul's talking about that and he actually asks, he, he poses this question. He says, Or do you not know that all of you who are baptized into Yeshua Messiah were baptized into his death? Like, you do know that, right? I, I believe is how he was saying that. You do realize that you joined into his death, right? And friends, that is absolutely hands down what happened to us that day. And as is the case with anything, when you return to a, a, a natural place, a geographical location where the Lord did an incredible work in your life, there's something of substance there in the memories, in the emotion, in the experiential reality of whatever God did in a geographical place. Those things are very powerful to me. I had not been back yet. Now, my wife and son had been back one time. I have not been back yet until today, until 10 minutes ago. Now, I didn't sit there and boo-hoo for an hour or anything like that. It was very sober. But one thing is I was just standing in the quiet, deliberately quieting myself, I just said, Lord, what would you speak to me? I just still struggle with being quiet, of being, of just being still before the Lord. I still wrestle with that. 
It's hard for me to quiet my mind. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish I could say I've mastered that and, and I walk free of that. I don't. I, I, it is hard for me to quiet myself. It's hard for me to just sit and listen without my mind going in literally 12 different directions at the exact same moment. That's just, that's just what I wrestle with. And so I was trying to do that, to, to just sit still and, and listen. There were two things that really stuck out to me that I'd like to share. Number one is the sound of the water. Um, we've been getting a lot of rains here. There was a lot more water there than when we were there at the end of September, three months ago. It was very dry. It had been a dry summer. So the water was very low. So much different than now. I'd, we would not get into where we were baptized um, back in September. If it were today, we wouldn't get in there. <laughs> it's just too much water. It's too, too deep, too fast. It was perfect for that day, though. And I'll note, as recently as this morning, because we still have the image, um, a sister up here took a picture of me and my wife in the water. We were baptized by ourselves, for lack of more explanation, one at a time. But as she was coming out, I remember just hugging her and praying over her and blessing her. And there's this picture of us doing that. It's been on our it's been on our laptop um, ever since. It may just stay there forever. <laughs> and I was just commenting on that to my son saying, you know what, Noah? <laughs> there was such an urgency in that hour to get in the water. I shared about that in great length leading up to it in episodes here on this podcast and of course in the baptism testimony, of course. The urgency. The Lord had been speaking to me through the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch riding along in the chariot, of course, the eunuch was. Philip was not. He went to him. He was told to just traverse this road towards a certain direction, and in obedience, he did that. And, of course, he intersected with the eunuch who was reading the ancient scroll of the prophecies of Isaiah, and he elaborated upon the story, the account that Isaiah was speaking of, that this man was reading as a riddle, as a mystery. He didn't understand. Philip, of course, with the... A, a, upon a response to the word of the Lord, brings the fulfillment of the prophecy. He tells the eunuch that, that the prophecy had been accomplished in Messiah. God had come in the form of a man and fulfilled what Isaiah was saying, which this man was reading. All of this clicks in the spirit. And of course, as we know, the story goes, there's water. What's prohibiting me from getting in? Philip says, nothing, brother. Let's get in. The chariot stops. He's immersed, born of the water. And Philip is supernaturally taken, and it's just, man, it's incredible. I had that experience. It started in me in February towards this specifically about the response of the people of God when I read and studied and taught on the story of Hezekiah when he took the throne. And he said, we're getting back to business. We're getting back to God's business. He cleansed the house. He called in the Levitical priests. He sent letters out to Israel and Judah, said, come, meet here, according to these prescribed ways by God now, and return. And for those who did return, they couldn't bring enough of themselves. They couldn't bring enough of their possessions, of their sacrificial animals. And what happened? It came about suddenly. 
Friends, that is the sign of the supernatural work of Yahweh in men. I'm convinced of that. I am convinced, hands down, the, the greatest signifier of the work of Yahweh in men is the instantaneous work, is the, is the encounter work, is the revelation comes and response follows work that only the Spirit of God can do in a man. Now, can we do things in ourselves and hasten things that we're not ready for? Yes and amen, absolutely. We've got to be mature. We've got to know what the Spirit's saying. And that's why spiritual men need to help spiritual men to discern what is and what is not for the moment. But before I get any further out of what I'm saying, we were walking in a level of response that my wife and I had not known. And it was alienating, it was hard. It was, very, it was a painful extraction of the life we were in. It was very hard, and it remains hard. A lot of questions still, yet the Lord made it crystal clear that we had to be obedient to what He was saying, and we had to really abandon our own understanding like we were saying we were doing, but in a much new way. A new way. A new, within a new place. A sacrificial offering before Him to abandon our will and our ways and our plans and, and our thoughts towards even baptism itself. But because we did that, our last three months has been, I can't even think of an appropriate word. It's been newness of life. It's been freeing. It's been completely upending everything. I'm, I've never been... I don't think, except for maybe one other time, and this is even a little bit different than that. I've never been more unsure about where we're headed and what we're doing and, and, and to what end what we're doing now will continue, even geographically speaking, <laughs> about where we are. I don't know that I've ever been more unsure about what we're doing, yet at more peace about it. Because I hear the voice of the Lord speaking that peace into it, not as the world gives, not as circumstances demand, but that literally comes through the Spirit Himself to a man, in my mind, in my emotions, in my plans. It supersedes my understanding. And so as I'm standing on the bank of that stream 30 minutes ago now, and I heard those waters. I've been looking into some interesting stuff about some men who have discovered that the Hebrew alphabet is very, can be um, transposed into music. And create, like, there's a man who plays on the harp. He plays the Psalms with musical notes according to the Hebrew alphabet. Chords. Chords according to Hebrew scriptures, Psalms. It's amazing. It's incredible. I don't claim to understand it. My brain's not even programmed that way, but I, there's something in me. It's like, okay, that's awesome. Certain frequencies, certain things. that, And then when you start reading, I started just jumping into some scriptures about how men would play the lyre and prophesy in the temple. They would play an instrument and the presence of the Lord would come. Now, we've got to be careful because, like, you, you turn one degree to the right or to the left and you get new age, wham, bam, instantaneous, right? 
Because people will take whatever's right and true and they will use it for their own power, for their own good, for their own purposes. We've got to be careful now. Don't you go poking around getting into crazy land. It will not take long. I'm telling you, one tiny little movement one way or the other. And if you're not mature enough to do it, don't even look. I'm not joking. If you're emotional, like you just want a spiritual buzz or a, or a God's presence emotion, don't you dare go look at that stuff. Don't even do it. You can't handle it. Seriously. If you're not discerning spirits and like what is behind something, don't even look at those things. But I'm intrigued nonetheless, and so the, so the sound of these waters over these large rocks was just so attention-getting for me. It was just this consistent sound that did not change, and I found myself just singing in the spirit along with it. I was just, and I don't sing. You know, like, what is that? Well, do you sing, brother? Yeah, I sing. You're asking me, do I sing well? Well, I mean, what is that? No, <laughs> I don't sing like men who are gifted with an awesome voice, but I sing. And so I was singing along with the sound, and I just was thinking through how all of creation is declaring the glory of Yahweh. It's declaring. It's doing its part now. The vibration of the earth, we know that, right? The earth gives off vibrations. There's sounds out in space at the most distant black hole, light years away, giving off sounds and, and rhythms. The only trouble, as I always say, the only trouble in all of creation really is man. We rebel. We're hard-hearted. We do what we want. We're going to go our own way. Man, that's what I was just talking about in the message I recorded yesterday about retaliation. We take matters into our own hands. Well, God, we would never say it with our mouth now, but God, you're just not, you're not saving your people. You're not rescuing your people. You're not delivering your people from the violence of this natural earth and this age we live in. So you know what? We'll take care of it. Load the weapons. I'm just saying that. I'm just telling you that's, that's from my perspective, that's the same. We've got it, God. Load the weapons. We take care of things on our own way. But all of creation now, they're just, they're just plugging along praising the creator, the waters, the sounds, the mighty rushing winds, the sun, the moon, all of the stars, the luminaries that, that, that the ancient people wrote about like that were seen as alive and carrying out the purposes of God into the greatest, deepest space, set in order where he flung them. Incredible. So I was just joining into creation, joining in with them, declaring the glory of God on the earth. And this tiny little breath, this little vapor that I am, on this tiny little speck of earth, in this minute time in all of the epochs of God's timetable, here I am, I'm going to do my part. And secondly, the Lord brought my attention to the waters and and. And although they did look different because they, the water levels were so much higher, I was just thinking through just the awesome reality of like, I stood right here looking at that water. The day before, um, me and my family, we went out there and we picked the place that we would, would get baptized the next day. And so I was just, you know, 
thinking about how we walked up on that spot, and my wife was like, this is it. This is, this is the place right here. Amen. Okay, let's do it. Let's mark this place. We made this cross out of, out of uh, these large tree branches, and, and we wove some um, briars together and made a, a crown of thorns, and we placed it on top, and there was this large, prominent, distinct rock that was out of the water, right on the water's edge, that, that Kristen, my wife, was talking about being a stone of remembrance. That it, that's what caught her attention about that specific specific area is like that stone is going to be a stone of remembrance. Like in in faith, like there's even that, like yes, amen. You know, we know that's a biblical pattern. So I was thinking about how we walked up on that space, and of course, I was thinking about the next day when we got in, how I stood right there. And friends, I had been, I had had my own Gethsemane experience for those weeks leading up to that. I didn't sleep much. I didn't want to eat. I was in this place of just unearthing everything in me. I wanted to go into that water completely emptied. The, the reality of like, I'm going in, joining myself to the death, because the Lord had taught me um, in the weeks leading up to that, he had led me through all these different scriptures. And one of them specifically was um, the reality of, of when Yeshua breathed his last and he committed his spirit unto the Father. And that just the, the reality that the reason he could do that is because he had emptied himself to dry. His whole life he was the suffering servant. His whole life he denied himself. He was not suffering just at those last hours on the cross or when he was dragging his cross and being whipped and beaten and persecuted, his whole life was a life of abasement. His whole life was suffering, not a mere moment, not even a couple days. His whole life was excruciating death, denial. And so I felt like I, I felt empowered to, by the Spirit of God, go to the deepest levels of the recesses of all that I am and empty myself out. And so that my whole point was, by the time I get in that water and I go into that water and I'm completely immersed into the waters and I am born of the water, I am poured out. I am an emptied out drink offering and there is none of me left in my conscience for me to come up and have still yet remaining. Because the scripture again talks about it's a what? It's, a, it's an appeal to God for a clear conscience. The sprinkling, the water, the cleansing, it is an appeal to God for a clear conscience. So when I came out of that water, I was going to be clear. There was nothing going to be on that backside that I left going in. I was going in emptied, poured out, committing my spirit to him. And I would say the only place that you really can, death, joining into the death. So when I did that, I was changed. I was clear. I was born of the water. And I had been born of the I had been born again, regenerated. The heart exchange from Ezekiel reality had happened to me 14 years previous. I had been born again. I had been born of the spirit. I prayed in the spirit. I've prayed in tongues a lot in different circumstances and different ways, but I had never been born of the water. I had been baptized when I was eight. I was not born of the water. I was wet and put into the role 
of the Baptist church. But three months ago, I was born of the water. And so I'm already at 24 minutes. I've got to bring this to a close. But as I was looking at these waters, it just struck me something very interesting because, and again, there was more water there, but for the most part, everything looked the same. Obviously, large rocks, obviously a lot of different things that are landmarks, if you will, that, you know, in my memory of of different pools and, and trees and rock formations. But what really stood out to me is, is I felt like the Lord was, was telling me that like, I was struck by the fact that all of the water that was there when, when my wife and I were immersed, when we went into that water and we went completely submerged, all of the water that was there that day is gone. All of the water that, that was in that place is not there anymore. That was something very important in the Old Testament and previous mikvah reality. Well, not previous the Old Testament. You know what I'm saying. Before, I mean, John the Baptist, Yochanan the Immerser, he was doing something that was ancient. He didn't come up with, he didn't have a dream one night of putting people in water, okay? There was a mikvah reality of a ritual cleansing, a purification by water. And so they wanted water flowing in and water flowing out for a reason, for a purpose. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to go where we did. But I was just thinking about all the waters that were there that cleansed me and purified me are gone. The water I was looking at, although it looked contained the same, it looked like the same water, none of that water is the same water that was there three months ago. It's new water. And that was very profound to me that this, in fact, was living water, perpetual newness of life. And friends, that is what is for us. An ongoing, it is not stagnant. It's not dead. It's not sitting there in a pool with no movement. It's constantly coming through. What's the scripture talk about, about being a tree planted by the stream of living water? Be like the the trees rooted and established alongside the water. Always sustained always provided for, always watered, healthy, strong, and well. And friends, that is what is for us if we remain in the newness of life reality. Streams of living water constantly coming from the throne of God, constantly coming to those who remain in Him. The woman at the well reality. That was another thing the Lord taught me back the end of September, right before I got in the water or right after. I don't remember which one. She left her water pot behind. She exchanged it for this mysterious living water that this man, Messiah, sitting at the edge of the water requesting a drink informed her of. She says, friend, I don't even know what water you're talking about, but I sure am interested because I'm weary. I'm tired. I don't want to keep coming back here. This always runs dry. Friends, I'm telling you three months out, I am still retrieving the living water. I'm not running dry. I've always run dry. And again, I've been born again for years. But this is different. Something is different in the kingdom. Because again, the scripture, when Yeshua is talking to Nicodemus, he's telling him to be born again, the mystery of being born again. 
You can see the kingdom. You can perceive it and be made aware that it exists when you are born again. But you're not in it. Friends, we've got to realize that. You're not in it. You are in it when you're born again, born of the water, born of the Spirit. We've got to be sure we're in the kingdom. Because that's where the living water flows. That's where the living water resides. And it flows from the eternal source that never, ever, ever runs dry. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. So, friend, are you in the eternal living water source or are you running dry? This is the same thing I said three months ago. Are you running dry or are you filled to overflowing at all times? If you are emptied, he will fill. If we remain emptied, he will constantly refill and refill with his living water and not our clay water pot of natural of natural abilities, of natural understanding, of natural giftings, natural deficiencies. We will be lacking no good thing in the newness of life, living water reality. It's always coming in and going out. It's coming in and going out. Provision. Newness of life. And so friends, man, I'm telling you, praise God. I couldn't thank him enough. I couldn't thank him enough for his goodness to lead us down that trail, through that tunnel of darkness, over that bridge, and into, immersed into his waters, into himself. Blows my mind. I'm undeserving. He brought me there. He led us there. The good shepherd led us in his goodness and his kindness to what? To repentance. And it has led us to creator Yahweh. It has led us to the Elohim of Elohims. His goodness didn't lead us to him. His goodness led us through repentance, through the Messiah, the slain lamb. Oh man, it's the only way. He's the door, he's the gate. If you don't go through him, you're not getting in. You will not see the Father unless you go through the Son. His way is narrow, but it's sure. And it has to be through repentance. That's the only way you're getting through, friend. You're not getting through because you're strong, because you're full of faith, because you are powerful, because you're good at this and good at that. You're getting in because you're humble and lowly and you are a sick man who need a physician. There's one way in. Repentance. Abasement. The suffering servant pattern. So praise be to his name. Praise him for he is good. He has shown us kindness. He is good. Amen.